Tito's and Shiner Gonna be an all-nighter And I just might find her At the Whataburger line Dance halls and women But man, I'm wishing That I was fishing by the river tonight In Texas Howdy, 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 everyone everyone. Welcome back Welcome to Texas Podcast (laughs) We talk about doing Russian accent We were were joking, but he's now serious But now, set to it His whole episode will be Russian You leave review You leave review or, Or, or your family Or else They pay and you watch. Okay, but really, welcome Burley. back. Welcome back to the Texas to Podcast. The show about some things Texas. And some things not. <laughs> we are so, <laughs> so thankful that you continue to listen. If you keep listening, we will keep making. We have a super fun conversation with our friend, wonderful, amazing person, mm-hmm. brand photographer, freaking amazing climber, Travis Perkins, coming up. But first. As always. Our not sponsors. Or yet sponsors. <laughs> our as first the Russians might call Not them. sponsor for this episode is Bearded Ayahuasca Guys. Bearded Ayahuasca Guys. Is that Jack Dorsey, founder of Twitter? No. It's just a dude that got lost in Costa Rica. Bearded Ayahuasca Guys. They want to know your name. They look deeply in you and they have discovered nothing about themselves. Bearded Ayahuasca Guys. Basically just the hipster version of Scientology. Bearded Ayahuasca Guys. Look, dude, Joe Rogan did it first. <laughs> very good. Very, very Bearded good. Bearded ayahuasca guys. We come with beads. <laughs> we come with beads. You get me on these every time. I uh, you know, it's part of part of the most the most fun of my day is doing it. <laughs> We're also not sponsored by Texas Shaped Everything. Do you have a waffle iron? <laughs> Are you tired of circle waffles? Texas waffles. They're better than regular waffles because they're shaped like Texas. Also pancakes. Also pancakes. Texas also shoes. Shaped also pancakes. picture frames. Also basically everything. Everything. If you live in Texas and you're using regular shaped items, what the are you doing? <laughs> way, to, way to catch the F word there. Thank you. I appreciate it. Texas shaped things. If you go to Bucky's, we're by the crosses. Texas shaped stuff. Don't unbuckle my belt. Texas shaped things. Do other states do this? Texas shaped stuff. It's... It's our whole personality. It's our whole thing. It's kind of our thing. Do you think it's the same company that makes Texas-shaped things, or is it just a bunch of small mom-and-pop? Texas-shaped things. Good thing the shape of Texas isn't copywritten. Ooh, a poncho in the shape of Texas. A tech And your head is the the panhandle. In Soviet Russia, Texas shapes you. Soviet Russia, where Texas fits in in middle. Texas podcast not sponsored by Texas shape Texas shape things. <laughs> Before we get to our segments, first what, off, thank you to our not sponsors. What about our real sponsors? But our real sponsor, Never Rest Coffee Co. Never Rest Coffee Co. The coffee for people who can never stop never resting. Are you an entrepreneur? A strongman? A bodybuilder? A rock climber? Do you just need some coffee? Never, never rest, rest Coffee Co. We come in Keurig. <laughs> they do have Keurig. They also have Savage Sunrise, a great light mm-hmm. roast. They also do a really good job of coming out with seasonal blends. They have some great seasonal things. 
They even had a mint. They had a minty coffee. Kind I got of a to minty try. coffee. It was, it was actually really good. I'm mm-hmm. usually hesitant around flavored coffees, but, but that one what? was really they good. Did a good job. So Never Rest Coffee Co. They have given us a really good backing for the next mm-hmm. couple of months. Do us a favor. Go check them out. They're not too intimidating for people who are afraid to get into the yeah. whole coffee world. They're also they're not, not snobs, but it's strictly really high quality coffee. And it, this is a great lane, but it's yeah. a lane. They're not strictly for veterans either exactly it's just decent coffee good coffee for people that need coffee great quality coffee for people who want to get done get stuff done right get, exactly get <laughs> mom wouldn't approve of mom this word this word done, done. <laughs> remember we have 10 percent off using code texish and i do realize that like a lot of people listen to this podcast in the morning so they can't drink their beer yet Exactly. Because work. Because work. You can't drink, <laughs> right. apparently, before apparently. work. But you can enjoy some boss. Never Rest Coffee. Code TEXISH, all caps, get 10% off. Never rest coffee. I never sleep. Never rest. Sleep, we don't have in Russia. <laughs> He's dark all the time. We never sleep. He's dark. Though. We don't sleep. Wolves, all right. Outside door. Buddy. All right. So, once upon a time <laughs> in Texas once history. Once upon a time in Texas history. Hueco Tanks State Park okay. was open to the public in May of 1970. Since then, the state has carefully added facilities like trails and campsites. It has also studied and inventoried the pictographs and petroglyphs and other historical features. Today, Hueco Tanks limits access to the park's 860 acres to protect its resources. So, Hueco Tanks opened to the public in May of, 18, of 1970. But it has about 10,000 years worth of pictographs and hieroglyphic, hieroglyphic really cool. type of stuff, which is why, though it's the birthplace of modern American bouldering, mm-hmm. very themed with Travis very themed. being our guest today, we'll get to that a climber. So it is the birthplace of bouldering as we know it today. So if you sure. go to a boulder gym anywhere in the country... Is that where they birthed the, the V-scale? The, the V-scale. So... That's why a lot of people like to go climb there to boulder there because right. if you do a V three in Waco tanks, you're doing a true a true V three V three right. But it's getting harder and harder to climb there mm-hmm. because they are discovering so much sacred land and okay. hi, like I said, the hieroglyphics that they want to study, the, pict- yeah. the pictographs and, they wanna... and the petroglyphs that it's becoming a little bit. Not frowned upon, but it's no, just but harder and harder to find right. an actual boulder to boulder that on. That you can climb without messing because something up. Because there was maybe an Indian birth on the rock or sure. something. Somebody wrote something I just sounded so jaded. I do respect that completely. <laughs> <laughs> so, May Your 1970. <laughs> no, yeah. it's not. <laughs> May 1970 is the official opening of Waco Tanks Very State cool. Park to the public. Nice. Want to hear about our small town? You know I do. Oh, gosh. I just dropped my phone on my nuts. <laughs> Sorry. Which wouldn't matter because we research these way ahead of time. They're written out. They're well, no, it's out. just I, it's we, like I do totally... research these. I just have it pulled up on my phone so I, I don't read it incorrectly. <laughs> I know. Our small town of the week is Kilgore, Texas. Kilgore. Hometown of Travis Perkins, mm-hmm. our wonderful guest for today's podcast. Shout out, Travis. Kilgore was founded in 1872 when the International Great Northern Railroad completed the initial phase of rail between Palestine, Texas, and Longview, Texas. The railroad company chose to bypass New Danville, a small community about 10 miles southeast of Longview, in lieu of a new town site platted on 174 acres sold to the railroad by Constantine Buckley Kilgore. Hence the there name. You go. 
The new town got a post office in 1873, and from there, boomed as a cotton district, so it was surrounded by cotton farms. Prosperity, however, came to a halt when Kilgore was dealt severe blows by a steep decline in cotton prices, on which most of the town's economy was still based. And the effects of the Great Depression was also taking its toll. Businesses began to close, and in the middle of 1930, the population had fallen to 500. The community appeared destined to become a ghost town. Black people were also fleeing the region as part of the Great Migration out of the South to northern, midwestern, and western cities for... It says work here, but for, you know... Obvious purposes. Decent treatment is probably what they were fleeing for, and also work, and fair wages, and... And all the reasons. And all the things. But Kilgore's fortunes changed dramatically on October 3rd, 1930, when wildcatter Columbus M. Dad Joyner struck oil near the neighboring town of Henderson. This well-known as the Daisy Bradford Number no. 3 marked the discovery of the vast East Texas oil field. Seemingly overnight, Kilgore was transformed from a small farming town on the decline into a bustling boom town. Should have called it Live Gore. Right. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Thanks. Breathing gore. The Daisy uh, Bradford number three was subsequently followed by the Lou Del Crim number one and many others. By 1936, the population had increased to more than 12,000, and Kilgore's skyline was crowded with oil derricks. Ooh. So, Kilgore, Texas, that is our small town Kilgore, of the week. we salute you. To this day, has a steady population of about 9,000. There's a community college with the famous Rangerettes, mm-hmm. decent football team. There you go. It's Texas. People like football. So I hear. Kilgore, Texas. <laughs> you ready for our Texas badass? Dude, that's what I'm always ready for. You always find better badass. Texas badass today is Yakov Smirnov. He's from <laughs> Russia, Texas. Wait, actually? No, not actually. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> our our Texas badass is Alex Puccio, uh, born Alexandra Elizabeth Coco on June 15th, 1989 in McKinney, Texas. She is a professional climber specializing in bouldering and competes in various climbing competitions. She has won the IFCS World Cup many times and finished oh. third overall in the World Cup bouldering competition in 2011 and has won the American Bouldering Series 11 times. Holy nuts! Making her like the most winningest female boulderer in America. Of all time. Period. And from right. McKinney, Texas. From McKinney, Texas. So she was Texas. probably a summit climber. Probably. Yeah. Uh, so she's only 5'2", which makes a lot of sense. Concentrates a lot of the strength into <laughs> a smaller Here's area. her medal record really quick. Okay. Uh, in 2011, she got a bronze for bouldering. Same in 2013. 2014, Climbing World Championships, she got a silver in Munich. And for the Rock Master Championships in 2012, 13, and 14, she got home gold, oh which is a kind of an awesome She's thing. She's so good. <laughs> she started at age of 13 um, and participated in for the first time in the U.S. Bowling Championships just four years later in 2006. She won in 07, 08, 10, 11, 12, 13 and uh in 08 09 10 she competed in the world cup bouldering climbing um only at the stage of veil finishing sixth before fourth in 2011 now this is some cool just kind of like miscellaneous facts we were talking about um the v series right yeah so she's ascended over two dozen boulders graded v12 jeez um between the u.s and europe and on july 2nd 2014 she ascended top notch in the rocky mountains this was her first v13 graded boulder a month later, just one month, she ascended Jade, becoming the fourth woman in history to climb V14. 
that's four women in history who've climbed V14. And I mean, keep in mind, it's not like hundreds of men have done V14. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not like four women in like a legion of men. It's like four women in like five dudes. Yeah, so it's not <laughs> the margin there's not that. And big. they all have really long hair and they're small, so like I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, they are. But I joke. <laughs> or do I? <laughs> I'm from Russia. We make no joke. He's from Russia. He's no joke. He's no just joke. Life. You you live or you die. Russia. In Russia, you wait in egg line so long, it is not chicken line. <laughs> that was funny. I've been waiting to use that line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so in February 2016, she won the Waco Tanks Rock Rodeo. Let's go. Uh, yeah, right? Uh, she, let's see, she had the most productive week-long bouldering trip by any female in history by completing three V13 boulders among many other double-digit V-scale boulders. She also has had, like, a couple big surgeries, and that's really? part of why I'm highlighting her is just that grit that it takes yeah. to be a badass Texan. Yeah. In 2016, she underwent a spinal fusion surgery. After At 5'2"? Mm-hmm. Um, they discovered a herniated disc between C5 and C6, uh, she noticed the serious nature of the injury during the finals of the 2016 bouldering championship when she felt shooting pain and weakness in her arms. Uh. Despite that, she still climbed in the finals, uh, in December of 2016. So again, just like six months later, she climbed the iconic razor blade tear to in, uh, it's a V 13 at Waco tanks. This achievement marked her 15th climb of that difficulty just six months after that injury. Oh, my god! So she's still climbing, obviously. She's very involved in the community. She's one of the leaders of a uh, very of couple different, like, bouldering yeah. groups. Um, but, yeah, Alex Puccio. I cannot wait to stalk this person on mm-hmm. social media. And She seems very stalkable. I haven't, get, I haven't gone into it yet. <laughs> that's such a weird... She seems very stalkable. Yeah, I mean, look, it, here's the thing. If we scare her off, she's going to climb up a tree or something. That's fair. Yeah, faster yeah. than us, so she's safe. Yeah, exactly. Right? Just want to make sure we yeah. give her a proper shout-out. Exactly. On the socials, on the social. if we can. And I apologize for any wrong things that I've read or said about her. Um, the total number of medals in the World Cup that she's won is 14. Two gold, four silver, eight bronze. Which is 14 more than pretty much anybody. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. I bow down. I also just want to point out that the um, American Championship for Bouldering, the acronym is ABS. Makes sense. Which I, which <laughs> I think is proper, kind of cool. proper because they're all right? shredded. Yeah. I bet if she put her hands on either side of my head and just squeezed just, a little, just... Right? She wouldn't even have to use her, like, both hands. She could just... Yeah, just one, on the top just, and just... She could... What do you call it when you're, like... Uh, like, pinch? A pinch? It's like a pinch, but, like, it's or bigger. a sloper? A, a sloper, slope? yeah. She yeah. just, like, grabbed, like, just a slope and... Yeah, just pop And then just blood everywhere and everywhere. I'm dead. Please yeah. don't do that if you're listening. Please. I'm curious, but Leave my don't. brother alone. Please, no no bust head. Like, he'll not catch you if you run away. <laughs> Well, we salute you guys. Can't wait for you to listen to this interview with Travis Perkins, a man who has truly followed his gut, followed his dream, Mm -hmm. has made a life that a lot of people dream of but don't even pursue. Yeah. Seem wonderful and possible and was very kind to give his time to us, sit with us, share some stories from the road. Share some stories from behind the lens. So we're excited for you all to listen to those. Before you do, press pause really quick. 
Go leave a written re- review on Apple Podcast. Give us the follow on Spotify. Hit those stars. We don't care if it's one, a half star, or five. We you just keep won. saying that. I care a lot. I just want to point out that Gunner doesn't <laughs> care. I care a lot. Okay, we'll just hit five just to make us feel good. <laughs> Give us the follow at Texish underscore pod. Yes, please. And also at Texish Seth at Texish underscore Gunner. Oh, you changed it as well. I did Yay. for the brand. For the brand. <laughs> We're gonna be posting He's a little bit more, trying to grow this podcast into something that people can enjoy at a bigger scale Mm -hmm. so go do all that for us and without further ado travis perkins and uh it's like it's licensed and everything it's like registered got a license plate uh but i've just been on edge because there's cops like on every corner yeah pull me over yeah Please don't. <laughs> and where, where are you staying right now? Like, you've been uh, nomadic for a yeah. couple months, right? Yeah, well, dude, I've been nomadic. I mean, for two, three. Since <laughs> May. Yeah. Okay. So I did, I did, yeah, I did April, May. Sorry, no. I did, like, mid-March to April this spring here. Then I was on the road May through October. Yeah. And then I've been in Texas November, December. Okay. Okay. And then I'll hit the road again. Nice. In January. Okay. Yeah. Where, where are you staying right so, now? So, yeah. So, right now I'm on the east side with my buddy Scott. Nice. Um, oh, Scott Phillips? Yeah. Nice. You know, he, just, he bought a place and, like, redid it, right? That's where I'm staying. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. It's so, so cush. That's awesome. And man. it was his first time, like, buying and renovating, doing yeah. all that. Mm. And he knocked it out of the park. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's got, he's got the eye. Some Actually, I think a lot of yeah. yeah, I think a, like a lot of women in his life gave him stuff. Sure, he just, like, <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of went <laughs> he listened just yeah. enough to take sure. some stuff away from. Him. No, he did yeah. a lot of the stuff himself, some custom work, and yeah, yeah. So he and I are like on the exact same wavelength in the sense of like our outlook on life and yeah. home being kind of a sanctuary from the chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 good living there. But so how do you? As a nomad, how do you create that sanctuary? Hmm. Man, I really, I kind of just lean on other people that can create it for me. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, like I, the the success I would say to nomad life is like just having a good community. Yeah. Because when you're in, you know, wherever, Moab, you know, yeah. like you know somebody there, they're like, hey, like come, come do this with us. We're going to do this. We have this weekly rhythm plug mm-hmm. in. You know, so just having a network of community that allows you to plug in and have some sense of like normalcy where where you're not in that sort of like just pure chaos all the time. Yeah. You know, Um, so Austin is super easy because. Sure. You know, we're at uh, how old are you guys? Uh, I'm 30. I just turned 27. Yeah, exactly. So like we're at the place now where like our age bracket is or like buying homes mm-hmm. for <laughs> but, us, I've noticed, right? But yeah, yeah other people are. That means, <laughs> but a lot of them are like you know still single, no kids, yeah. and yeah. so there's you know plenty of guest rooms to be yeah. had. True. Heck yeah. So yeah, Austin is interesting because it's like changing rapidly and everything is constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. But there's some aspects of it that don't change, mm-hmm. and there's some people that don't change yeah. or don't leave. I'm sure they're evolving too. Uh, so it is pretty easy to be gone eight months out of the year yeah, and like immediately clip back in. Yeah. Yeah. Wanna, 
as you've been nomadic, have you built that community that you have here in Austin whenever you come to home base? Have you sort of been able to build community along the route to Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like the first year, so basically I do spring, fall in Austin, summer, mm-hmm. winter, traveling. Okay. And the summer is is a big western states loop. Yeah. Um, and I'll start like May, June, end in the fall. And the first year it was like I was just on my own, you yeah. know, like trying to find community and, and build community and honestly a lot of it was convincing Austinites to meet me out at different places <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. um and then the second year that builds the third year that builds you know and and so now it's I don't really there's very few days where I'm like alone on yeah. these trips mm-hmm. you know most of the time I'm like with people yeah um and there's also a circuit of like similar birds of a feather that are mm-hmm. doing the same thing. Yeah. Especially within the climbing community, they're they're kind of chasing the prime time seasons in different yeah. areas. And yeah. So you'll see somebody in, you know, Jackson in July, and then you'll see them again in Moab in October. Yeah. You know, and then you'll see them over the winter in yeah. Ure or something. Has so. Has there been any instance of seeing somebody at the crag in one place and not talking to them and then seeing them? Yeah, yeah. Really? Well, yeah, like just familiar faces, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah, especially within that world, everybody kind of looks the same anyway. Yeah. So it's, like, easy to get people mixed up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, they all look like There's me. kind of a look, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's kind of that just you, right. you and me. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a weird kind of, like, paradox where – you get you you put yourself in that scenario that context and you're like all of a sudden like not unique at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's and then you like come back to Austin and they're like, "Whoa, Whoa. you're like yeah. mountain climber, you're traveler, like, like actually doing it." Yeah. Well, so. I mean, man, that's a big reason I wanted to have you on the show. Other than I just miss you and wanted to catch yeah, up and a, turn on the mic. While we, I know. Yeah. Um, for even for your context, mm-hmm. we met at ABP right after I graduated college. Oh, you guys met at a climbing gym? Yeah. What? Yeah. Super crazy. Crazy, right? right? <laughs> Insane. I th- actually, I think we met yeah. in the sauna. I think we which did meet more sauna, intimate. which we're going to go full circle here yeah. in a little bit. <laughs> I'm and, super excited. Well, it, it was interesting because some Young Life guys from Austin that I knew. Oh, that's right. Pointed you out and said, that's Travis. He's a badass yeah. climber. Definitely gets to know him. He lives on our couch. Yeah. <laughs> the, so and I sort of gravitated to you as yeah. sort of the like Sherpa of smart fitness and good mm. climbing. Mm-hmm. And I think that was before your first one of your first actual big trips, like really right. yep. going back out there. And since then, since like that first trip you took, I've seen you go to so many places and actually do the thing that I feel like a lot of people in Austin Mm -hmm. act like they're doing or dream of doing, but don't actually do. Yeah. Um, And that's why I wanted to have you on the show was to like, talk about like, what does it look like to actually live Mm. the nomadic life and chase, chase the crags and chase the photograph and, and live this lifestyle. Yeah. Are we recording right now? Oh, yeah. We've been okay. recording this whole time. Uh, right? Yeah, man. It's uh, I won't say anything provocative. You can um, say anything. No, I, oh, yeah. I, uh, I love Austin as a city. It is, uh, you know, it's so on the tip of the spear creatively for, yeah. you know, sort of a digital content kind of person. And it it serves me really well when I'm here. And it and it makes a lot of sense. And it, and it serves me to, to call myself an Austin-based photographer. You yeah, know? for sure. And I do pull a lot of inspiration and, and creative insight from the, the scene here and the, the creative group. But 
you're so far away from the mountains. Yeah. yeah. And you're at 600 feet or something <laughs> absurd like that. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's one of those weird dichotomies where, like, I, it's such a magnet of a city. And mm-hmm. it keeps pulling me back in. But for me to live out the dreams and fantasies I have, mm-hmm. i got to be gone. Like, yeah. Way out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, when you're driving from Washington to Texas... You start to feel crazy. You're like, what are we doing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you're like driving four days to get two days of climbing mm-hmm. in Colorado, you know. And so in some ways, Austin is like, it might as well just be like an island out on the Caribbean, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I think it takes a little bit more effort. It takes craftiness. It takes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I would, I would venture to say that like the most creative part of my world mm-hmm. is figuring out like the logistics, how to make it go, yeah. how to fund it, yeah. you know, yeah. like those are the creative aspects. And then once you're there, the photography kind of just appears. Yeah. Just kind of happens. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the best metaphor is storm chasing. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could say, you could look at a storm chaser and be like, wow, they got so lucky they're at the right place at the right time. But you could also say, no, they like did all the work to make sure they were at the right mm-hmm. place mm-hmm. at the right time. And that's how I kind of view Having a home base in Austin, but also being in these places yeah. is like you're just chasing the storm and you're doing your research, you're doing your homework, you're reaching out to people there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, sometimes it feels like it's like 90% logistics. Mm-hmm. You know, this this go around in Austin, I think I've made like 15 runs to my storage unit. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. You know, just like <laughs> constantly going back Ooh, and, yeah. oh, yeah, I need this. And I'm rebuilding my truck right now to be mm-hmm. more livable. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, those seasons of, like, hardcore logistics do pay off yeah. when you're free as bird. Yeah. yeah. I've, I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> let, let me start with just the basics. For somebody who doesn't know you and isn't familiar, uh, having known you from Sonatine, uh, yeah. what, came, what came first, the, the rock climbing or the photography? Mm. Uh, the, the photography, for sure. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I remember, I have memories of, like, like all photographers do, like sure. playing with a film camera at like age seven and taking yeah. like a full roll of film of your dog mm-hmm. or like the street <laughs> you live on. Sure. You know? um, and then I, you know, you drop, you, you get in grade school and high school in Texas public education. And if you don't color within the lines, you're like not creative. Sure. Yeah. Strong suit. Yeah. Don't be creative. Waste your time. Um, and then I picked it back up in college mm-hmm. And where was college? Uh, Harding. Harding. Yeah. Harding. Okay. Harding. Up yeah. in Arkansas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you end up there? Oh, man. Well, there's always, like, a girl involved. But I was, dat- <laughs> I was dating a girl that was older. Sure. That was going there. And then, you know, the the kind of church scene that I grew up in yeah. was, like, a mm-hmm. farm system for that school. Gotcha. So was it Church of Christ? The church of Christ. There you go. And, you know, I, I, academic scholarship, and it just made total sense. I was also on cruise control i would argue mm-hmm. until i was like 21 22 yeah. you yeah. know and i was just doing what you do yeah you know so anyway i, I picked it up you know bought a, a dslr then and then started traveling in my early 20s and again like every photographer's story like sure you know i i realized when i was in peru that i wanted to be a photographer <laughs> <laughs> Is that actually um, what happened, though? That's or? totally what happened, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, but, like, a lot of people have that thought, like, oh, I want to take pictures, but mm-hmm. very few people follow through. So sure. what was that process so, like of making it? Yeah, here's where it got, like, 
dangerously driven, mm-hmm. I would say. <laughs> I come back and I'm literally broke, homeless, mm-hmm. without a vehicle, yeah. no phone, just hanging around. Yeah. And slowly, like, started rebuilding life, got a job as an IT manager, mm-hmm. which I was super grateful for. Uh, but I was literally working in a server room on yeah. the inside of this building and had started trail running, had picked up rock climbing. Yeah. And had recently got back from this Peru trip and was stoked on photography. And so it just kind of clicked and I was like, I'm going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. I started, you know, uh, interning at three different publications in Austin. I was shooting for like Austin Monthly, Do 512, and Mm -hmm. Austin Fit. Wow. At the same time, just literally shooting for free. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying like, hey, I'll give you six months. I just need experience. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then was teaching myself all of the editing in the evenings and while still working. This. So there's like weeks where I would like shoot Snoop Dogg at 2 a.m. on a Wednesday, <laughs> you know, during South By or something. Mm-hmm. Wake up at 6, go to my server room <laughs> yeah. so that I could leave at 3.30 so that I could climb on Greenbelt. Yeah. So I could have an hour of coffee shop time and then go shoot again. Yeah. So relationships ruined like lots of stuff fell by the wayside when you're juggling all of that Mm -hmm. but that's kind of what it took to to get to where i was to to eventually leave it all and just be a full-time freelance photographer yeah do you think that that type of dedication and i've I've heard this a couple times over the past couple months from people who are dedicated to something their relationships kind of fall to the wayside yeah in your experience and in your life do you see that happening with a lot because you're around a lot of amazing really technically great climbers and photographers mm-hmm. like do you see that that's a pattern so i would say it, it, a lot of it depends on the person the mm-hmm. alchemy of that person um you do start to just kind of gravitate to those birds of a feather that that get it so to yeah. speak like mm-hmm. you know if, if i meet somebody that's like traveling and working remote mm-hmm. and pursuing life to that degree like i just know that like we can have very sparse communication and still be tight. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it's certainly like that. The formula I use is like, what's priority and what's an option. Yeah. And you have all these puzzle pieces in life. And with most of life's puzzle pieces, you can have some priority pieces and some option pieces and that's just fine. Mm-hmm. But with like relationships, especially intimate relationships, if you start making somebody an option while they make you a priority yeah game over yeah and so i've gotten i've had to get really attuned to that of like am i is this person an option is this person a priority and Mm -hmm. and i have several you know good and bad examples of that over the years but i will say social media helps a ton (laughs) that's fair i'm actually like a big time fan of social media yeah Yeah. controversial thing to say right now but i mean (laughs) i mean you can right it's a tool it's a bad way to use it and it's possible to have a healthy relationship with totally it and it's well. yeah it's it's just such a great tool for communication mm-hmm. yeah. especially passive communication yeah. right well and that's part of how you and i have kept yeah. in touch for the past yeah. two yeah. years dude too. yeah there's no way i'd be sitting right here if it weren't for instagram yeah just mm-hmm. having regular comps so many business opportunities mm-hmm. and creative opportunities and fun opportunities come from literal pen pals on instagram yeah. that yeah. become friends mm-hmm. that become partners and whatever yeah. you know so that definitely helps, like keeping tabs with people and mm-hmm. having that steady stream of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely takes a certain kind of personality 
yeah. to interact in that way. Have you, we'll get back to the climbing photography for sure, but mm-hmm. I am curious, as I always am with people who do the work you do and live the life you do, have you had any females or relationships that sort of came in because they were very allured by the uh, yeah. the, the man with yeah, his yeah. truck and his camera <laughs> right. and ooh and then like the second that they realize that this is your sure. life it's just completely yeah. cut bait like yeah yeah it's my first inter- reaction to say like yeah it's like a bait and switch but it's not <laughs> not switching it's just such a it's such a nuanced life yeah. that if you're not in it you don't get it but yeah, yeah. plenty of times where you know I'll, I'll start Dating, you know, a gal in Austin during one of these seasons that I'm here. And yeah. it's, you know, I'm forewarning. It's like, hey, I'm going to leave. Yeah, Definitely right. going to happen, you know. Here's no, the date. No chance it doesn't <laughs> happen. I'm going to leave. Yeah. And uh, They take it as, like, a challenge. Yeah, or they're, you know, they're, I think there's so many, like, great women in Austin. And mm-hmm. one yeah. of the great things about it is, like, they are strong and independent yeah. for the most part here. And so the reaction is typically, uh, that's fine. I'm an independent woman. I mm-hmm. don't need you. Mm-hmm. You know, I got my own thing. Which is true. Uh, but more often than not, it doesn't. And then you take your shirt off, and they're like, <laughs> sure. Well, the you, you leave, and, and it's, again, it's like an under, a mutual understanding. It's like, right. do you know what the backcountry means? Do you, yeah. do you know it when I say I'm going to be in and out of the backcountry? Mm-hmm. That means, like, literally in and out of communication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For days. For days, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so... I'm and that's understandably hard because, uh, like in a per- in an intimate relationship, there is a lot of relying on the other person. Mm, so yeah. if you are taking yourself out of being reliable, yep, it makes sense that that can go bad. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It is. Yeah, I'm definitely not setting myself up for success <laughs> in any way. Um, but I do. I do think you know it takes mm-hmm. again. It's like you know uh, the alchemy of the two people. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so. Yeah, I'm I'm dating a gal right now yeah. that I think yeah could actually sorry you know, ladies he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we can make it work you know it's yeah, it, yeah. if both parties have like a a real sort of strong desire for autonomy in mm-hmm. their own life and they have this like radical proactive transparent communication style yeah mm-hmm. it can totally work yeah. Absolutely. And if they can hack, like, living out of a truck. Yeah. That's the other Right, thing. that's the other story. <laughs> that's I mean, the other she, part. Is she from this world, right. or... She she gets it, yeah. Okay. She's well-traveled and, and totally understands, like, the chaos of building your own schedule and yeah. trying to juggle movement and play and work and, mm-hmm. yeah. and self-improvement, financial stability, and... Yeah. But, yeah, there's been plenty of times where it's like, yeah, come out, hang out on the road, and it's like, but right. just so you know... Like, we'll be in a truck. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And Travi doesn't have a budget for Airbnbs. Yeah. Right. So. And you're working. And you're is working. Is there a party yeah. that kind of has totally. to say, yeah, this is fun, mm-hmm. but right. this is my job. Right. Yeah, yeah there's the, the most common mis- misconception, I guess, would be that it's a life of leisure. Sure. Yeah. The whole digital nomad thing. The opposite. Yeah. It's a complete grind. Mm-hmm. And you're. Yeah, you're in, like, crowded coffee shops in Jackson, and there's, mm-hmm. like, kids screaming and. <laughs> Everywhere around you, yeah. they're on vacation, mm-hmm. and you're the one not on vacation, yes. you know, and, like, trying to juggle that, and um, waking up at 6 a.m. because you're on the West Coast, and you have a you central have a client, yeah, that's, call at uh, 8 a.m., yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Making sure you're close enough to the one coffee shop that opens at that time, yep, so exactly. you have so Wi-Fi can, at sit, that time. Yeah, sitting outside the library at 8 a.m. because they open <laughs> at 10, working yeah. after lunch. Right. Like, it's... 
yeah, there's a lot like what what I don't show on like social media is yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, because it's yeah. more fun. Yeah, that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. coming soon. <laughs> right. Um, to sort of come all the way back, mm-hmm. um, when did climbing and photography merge together? Because it sounds like those were sort of independent pursuits for a little right. bit. So yep. when did yep. you realize? So the first sniff I had of all of this was I. So I moved to Austin mm-hmm. in 2011 was a business grad, bought two suits, shaved, sure. was interviewing, and um, it's it's a crazy pivot. I had a, a position offered to me at, like, this brokerage where I'd basically be cold calling real sure. estate. Nice. It was, like, high-rise downtown, yeah. suit and tie. Yeah. And then the same week, I put in, at random, a job app for Whole Earth Provision mm-hmm. on Lamar. Nice. And they hired me. Nice. And... And so I, I was like, well, I got these two options. Mm-hmm. One is making $8 an hour, mm-hmm. but I'm new to the city, and this seems like the cool place to be. Sure. So I took the job at Whole Earth, long story short, and that was my first sniff of like, whoa, there's like industry to the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like sales reps would come in from Prana and Arcterics, mm-hmm. and they're talking about the product and marketing. I'm like, whoa, I've studied all this in college. Sure. So anyway, from there I go to an accounting firm to Peru to an IT manager. And then from there I worked with an outdoor brand in Austin called Kamek on East seventh. And that was like even deeper into this industry of the outdoor industry. And, you know, I was taking photos at the time and I realized that, you know, my experience there gave me a real good insight on what like branded lifestyle content should and could be and Mm -hmm. how it serves the the brand best, you know? And then it was, and in that, that period of working at Kamek, I was becoming an obsessive rock climber. Yeah. And yeah. any time I had off, I was climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so those two passions and the growing skill set all kind of merged when I walked away from that position and started my freelance career, which would have been three and a half years ago. Nice. And nice. that was when it was like really tied in. Yeah. Where there's yeah. just blurred lines, no separation between work and play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know? And yeah, every day, you know, from there on out, every day feels like a Monday with this massive to-do list. Mm -hmm. And then, but also every day feels like a Saturday. Yeah. Right. It's like unlimited freedom to play. It's matter day. Pretty much. Matter day. Matter day. Matter day every day. Every day. (laughs) How, How did you hone in on the climbing side of it? Because I feel like a lot of people who go to a, a gym and get rental shoes and try it, get super stoked on it for a few mm. months, and then they burn out, or they go outdoors sure. with some friends once yeah. a month for a while, and they call themselves a climber, but right. not entirely. Like, what was the difference maker for you with the climbing? I think it's just, I was just stoked on it. Yeah. You know, like, I, so I did a similar progression. You know, I started climbing in the gym, yeah. and, like, would go off and on for, like, mm-hmm. a year or two. Mm-hmm. Like, occasionally go when I had the cash to, like, buy a membership. And then it came a point where, like, I was like, man, if I'm not going to just, like, fall into knowing how to climb, like, mm-hmm. outdoors, sport climbing, I was like, I'm going to have to teach myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know anybody that does it. And I had one buddy, shout out to, to uh, John Wicks. Shout out to John Wicks. <laughs> he had, like, taken a climbing course, like, man, at college or something mm-hmm. once. Not you know? recently, So he, like, I'm barely guessing. knew something. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, yo, dude. I'm going to buy gear, let's split it, and let's just start climbing. Yeah. And so we just kind of taught ourselves over the course of a couple months. Mm-hmm. And then, man, as soon as I figured out that I knew what I was doing, immediately it was like, 
come climbing with me, come climbing with me, come climbing with yep. me. And started, this was back when group me was a thing. We started like a group me thread. And yeah. at one point I had like 90 members Jeez. of like just this big network. Um, and then, you know, the, the new gyms started coming into town and it all blew yeah. up, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's how it worked at the time was, you know, it takes two to tango. You have to have a belayer mm-hmm. and I know basically what I'm doing now. So <laughs> come out, I'll teach you and then mm-hmm. we can be climbers. Go from there. Yeah. yeah, yeah we can be so. partners from there. Yeah. And then the natural progression is like, you start thinking about going to, you know, Red Rock Canyon outside of Vegas or Colorado and Mexico and. Once you start traveling and climbing, the whole world just explodes, and you're yeah. like, "This is yeah. all I want to do." Yeah. But there, you know, at the end of the day, like you just gotta like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, and that that's kind of my mantra with everything is like, if you gotta like it, mm-hmm. desire will always trump discipline. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And so that's and I see that play out with climbers in Austin because so many people are getting into it. Mm-hmm. It's just more of a numbers game. Like the vast majority of those people will occasionally do it and sure. not see any progress and then get down on themselves because they're not seeing progress yeah, and they'll yeah, yeah. bounce, yeah. you know? So the progress all comes from just wanting to be a climber and, to climb yeah. and enjoying the process of climbing, you know? So there's something about the physical primal movements mixed with systems and gear and problem solving mm-hmm. all wrapped up in community, you know? It just takes all of you. Yeah, it's yeah. a full it's a full human experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those experiences are like earned experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when you when you do especially when you get into like alpine climbing and mountaineering, you get to the top and like mm-hmm. that is an earned experience. Yeah. There's no way you're gonna get to the top of that mountain without <laughs> earning it. You yeah. Know? So there's that level of it. There's I think the a lot of the appeal for me is this sort of um this sort of like astronaut complex where you realize that you're doing something that like most people don't or can't do, mm-hmm. whether that be from, you know, privileges that they've had or haven't had growing up or physical abilities or drive discipline, like all of those things yeah. combined, like you, you know, you get to some of these places and you're like, well, like, I think there's been more people on the moon than some of these places. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> That's cool. So, um, Maybe not the moon, space. Still. Yeah. <laughs> Astronaut complex, uh, I like yeah. that. So that, yeah. yeah, that I think keeps me in it, this this curiosity of what could be, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And roundabout answer to your question is, like, there's a lot of people living in the city, in all cities, that are driven by mm-hmm. the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that is sort of, like, the base component of their decision-making. Mm-hmm. And then there's some people that are driven more so by a curiosity of what could be. And sure. that's the base component of their decision making. We all have both at any given time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's like two buckets of marbles. Like sure. if you have a hundred marbles, you either got fifty one and forty nine. Mm-hmm. And if fifty one on the curiosity of what could be, it's like, all right, I'm quitting this job. I'm gonna see <laughs> if I can yeah. make photo work happen. Yeah. You know. Do you think that's something that people can turn the switch on for or do you think you're stuck based that's a great on question. you know, nature yeah. nurture? I think I think it's really hard to move marbles mm-hmm. to use that analogy. Mm, I like yeah, that. Yeah. It's very difficult. Now life can move them for you just mm-hmm. by shaking yourself up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So if you got those two and and really it's like a an old timey judgment scale. Sure. Right? It's like one is like teeters heavier <laughs> yeah. or, or uh, yeah. less and yeah, so sometimes life events can happen. You yeah. know, I I lost my father when I was twenty, mm-hmm. about to turn. Uh, about to turn 20 
and that shook everything up and it knocked me off cruise control mm-hmm. yeah um a couple of years later i went to honduras and saw like real poverty yeah. that shook me up knocked mm-hmm. me off cruise yeah. control so there's things that can happen in your life that will move marbles for you sure and in the same way like something traumatic can happen um a, a, abuse or a crazy accident or whatever can a bad relationship and that can move a marble to the fear of the unknown side yeah. you're like okay this world is not safe right i want to protect yeah. my marbles uh, i'm going to be as protective yeah. as yeah. possible i'm wearing three masks to the gym you yeah. know yeah yeah and so not to get political. <laughs> it uh, sounds like you've seen <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but main um, mask emergency mask yeah <laughs> and, and the one to hold them together <laughs> a lot of it does tie into risk right. not all yeah. of it but some of it does tie no, into yeah. risk, i mean you're right some people are so. just more risk averse yeah. than others but i guess my point in that would say like you can move your own mm-hmm. marbles you yeah totally can it's hard and it mm-hmm. takes a lot of effort um but it's totally possible mm-hmm. you know and i think COVID actually, I, I saw some people tinkering around with their own marbles yeah. and, you know, the summer, the summer of COVID, I saw so much more like nomadic road life people mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. A lot of homies from Austin that were working nine to fives yeah. now had the ability and they were like building out their cars and mm-hmm. hitting the road. So it can totally happen, but I would say it's quite difficult. Yeah. yeah. And what was it, so what pushed you to enter into the nomadic life side of things? Because you were in Austin, this was home yeah. base, Greenbelt, Rhymer's mm-hmm. Ranch were the crags. Yeah. Right. That's a good life. I mean, like, most people would awesome be. awesome life. Yeah. I was, you know, the first seven years I lived here, like, that's all I wanted to do was yeah. be an Austinite. Mm-hmm. Um, and was just, like, de- heavily rooted in Austin and, and had so much love for the city and still do, but... I think it kind of, I just kind of fell into it, you know. Mm-hmm. I quit that job um, with no plan or strategy. Yeah. Zero sure. plan. Um, and there was a little bit of fear involved, but I kind of quit that job out of desperation. Yeah. You know, I was waking up, like, legitimately depressed mm-hmm. at age 28, you know, living yeah. in Austin, like, yeah. eligible bachelor, like, had no reasons to be depressed. Mm-hmm. But I was waking up, and mm-hmm. my first thought was, what's the point? Mm-hmm. And that set off like all these alarms of like, dude, you should not be thinking those thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make sense on paper. So I looked at the thing that was taking up most of my time and I cut that out. Yeah. And so I had this kind of void. And the first thing I did after quitting was booked a flight to Mexico. <laughs> yes. Because I was like, all right, I'm going to Mexico. Um, <laughs> Let's move some marbles. <laughs> and uh, I wanted a couple of my friends to come with, but they couldn't afford it. And I was like, well, maybe like I can take some photos for mm-hmm. some brands down there and we can make this trip happen. So I built out an itinerary and pitched it to a few brands that I had contacts for. And next thing you know, I'm shooting branded lifestyle content for Tacovas and Osprey and like real, like legitimate brands yeah. in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa. That was kind of easy, you know. I yeah. mean, I gave him a real low price. Yeah, but, yeah. but you also gave them a plan. I think that's right. the piece. Yeah, he's like, yeah, sure. You you charged less, but you showed them how you were going to do it. Yeah. Right. You, you weren't just like, hey, let me go shoot some photos. I reach yes. out to brands all the time and say, I have a podcast, and they don't respond. So mm-hmm. I think the plan piece yeah. is key there. Noted. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, showing that you you've got some sort of intent, I guess, mm-hmm. but. Um, but yeah, anyway, like after that trip, I was like, oh, whoa, maybe this could work out, and yeah. then. Um, at the same time, I was starting to have conversations with Josh Garza. Shout mm-hmm. out to Josh Garza. Nice. 
and he was a radio television film kid from UT and mm-hmm. had similar goals and dreams of like starting a media kind of boutique mm-hmm. agency and so we kind of just like on the whim created our business and went from there and yeah, started okay. and then it, you know we started reaching out to brands in a Rolodex shooting content for them and then some of them would come back and say like hey we also need help with implementing this content like can you also run Facebook ads for us and yeah then, yeah that turns into like email management and blog and social mm-hmm. and always does just so, becomes a full suite of services yeah right. so it's this cool like uh vertical integration is yeah. what we call it nice. um but from you know planning the content budget to shooting it and then using the content within mm-hmm. that you actually get a really efficient model because mm-hmm. you're not paying for content that you won't use yeah mm-hmm. so the business has pivoted into some of that work which is really rewarding and keeps the marketing sword sharp mm-hmm. you know should i ever want to leave the the freelance life but right yeah so far no plans to so yeah. you start that you start that business with you and a buddy it has that grown to more people and more employees or is it just you guys still it's well no it's actually shrunk to just me okay fair. yeah um yeah josh got like a sick offer to move to houston and mm-hmm. make real money and manage a massive video budget yeah. sometimes so, real money is yeah. very attractive <laughs> and it's like you know i think there's when you when you just spring into a business and yeah and especially, we were still kind of young at the time like we didn't know what we wanted our lives to look like mm-hmm. yet you know and i wanted my life to look like you know the dirtbag diary yeah. you know and he i think he was like well be, you know i've got a wife now it'd be nice to have like a house, a yard, a yard, a dog, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, that separation was, like, so what it needed to be. And mm-hmm. he's doing, like, stellar work with Academy, actually. Nice. Yeah. Working outdoors, like, doing nice. some cool video projects. Very so, cool. Shouts out Coleman. Coleman Magellan. <laughs> there you go. Discraft. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so now it's just me. Um but it never really, again, like it never feels like just you because mm-hmm. you're working with clients and then yeah. you're roping your homies in for modeling. And yeah. so, um, that's why I'm shirtless right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've noticed. I'm taking notes. <laughs> yes, there you go. People are going to reach out. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Dang. Excellent. And so, as you're going forward, uh, are you hoping to continue doing things on the scale you're doing or are you trying to scale it up? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I haven't really given it a lot of thought. Mm-hmm. There is an element to this life where you're just like treading water, keeping yeah, your head absolutely. afloat. Yeah. So it'll, those, those seasons of like planning will come in and out. Mm-hmm. The past few months have not been planning seasons. Mm-hmm. It's been like... Just go, like, go, go. Yeah, the gun's loaded. Let's just start firing yeah, shots. Sure. And so, yeah, I think there's, you know, there's always the option of growing it into more of like an agency-based thing where there's a team and there's, you know, a WeWork thing involved, but it's a balance of, you know, freedom, autonomy, and mm-hmm. yeah, and making yeah. all that Well, and even, like, with all the traveling with you, how much is client work and how much is just, you know, that route is over there sure. and you've got to go climb it? It's, yeah, it's like a, what is it called? Wag the dog? Yeah. Like, yeah, when the, the chicken and dog thing. Yeah. 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 So sometimes I'll have a, a location objective or idea yeah. that I want to make happen, and I will figure out a way to book work around it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in other ways, the the work will send me to a place. Yeah. Sure. You know, so it is probably a fifty fifty split between the two. Yeah. 
which is great. You That's know? a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. And then, you know, again, within this world, there, the creative scene is so collaborative, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's a lot of like, Hey, you and I, we should make a trip happen and we can book work around it and yeah. get funding for our friends to come out and do yeah. this trip, you know? Yeah. So sometimes it's like the, the idea and the trip drives the revenue. Mm-hmm. And then other times it's like you get an inbound or you outbound and like, what do you it want to I'll yeah. go do it. I'm a, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a growth mercenary for your business. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. I would like that on a business card. Just uh, growth, growth mercenary. Yeah. Have you been yeah, sitting yeah. on that or do you use that? No, I, I use that. Yeah. That so is great. <laughs> specifically for like the marketing work. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a growth merchant. So like my, my sole job is to grow your brand's tangible and intangible value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm contracted out. You don't have to pay taxes on me. You don't have to pay <laughs> overhead for yeah. me being an employee. And then they're the, not liable for you just not smashing liable, right? the wall. Or yeah. Goes <laughs> yeah. And then the pro on my side is like, I get to, uh, maintain some autonomy and freedom, mm-hmm. you know? And there's something to be said for that level of control you have over both the content you're shooting and the way you distribute it. Yeah. 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 I think it makes sense. And it's, it's a weird chaotic model, but for some brands, it makes a ton of sense, especially exactly. the, those that are like in that growth period, mm-hmm. you know, as they're kind of like between startup, small to like totally. medium. Right. Like if I do yeah. my job well for, for the brand work mm-hmm. uh, within a couple years, they should be looking to hire somebody full time right. to replace me because I've, it's grown to a point where I can no yeah. longer do Keep it for up with 15 hours yeah. a week. Yeah. You know? yeah. How how often do you tell people that you just met, oh, yeah, I'm a photographer and I climb. Do they say, have you seen Free Solo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's like this whole, um, uh, la- what is it, like a lack of confidence, uh, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it still feels really strange for me to say I'm a photographer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it just feels weird. Um. So sometimes I just say, I take photos for a living, <laughs> you know, uh, to get around the, sure. the, the weird self-confidence feelings there. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty common when they put those two together. It's like whatever recent film is on Netflix. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, so you do that. So you like Don Wallace? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and on one hand, you're grateful because it's like, okay, yeah, I, I do. And they have a mm-hmm. sense of maybe who you are and what you yeah. do. But on the other hand, you're like... No, it's not like that. It's not yeah. like yeah. That. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm. I guess I'm value neutral on it. It's it's a great way to like spark a conversation. Mm-hmm. There is a part of every sort of like creative or, or artist. See, I even feel weird calling myself an artist. Sure. But there's like a part of that where you're, where you never want to be pigeonholed. Yeah. And you never want to be boxed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when somebody makes an assumption about what you, what you do, yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey, 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 Or, or no. how you are, too, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, yeah. on the artist side or the creative side, you sometimes feel like even at the coffee shops you're in, you run mm-hmm. into an artist and there's a sure. party. I know that I've run into creatives, and this probably sounds bad, but I'll just say it. And I think, I hope if I ever say I'm a creative, someone doesn't think I'm that person. Exactly. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, like, kind of, like describing it's it just takes time yeah <laughs> to sit somebody down and be like this is not what it looks like yeah this is what it you know so this is the nuts and bolts of the thing yeah yeah but yeah for the most part the only kind of weird aspect of that is like knowing that they think you're something that you're probably not yeah right you know but that's a everybody and you, you don't want to aggrandize it you don't want to make it seem yeah. more than it is exactly yeah so like how do you 
in a real way convey what mm-hmm. you're doing without overstating or understating. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fine needle to thread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of overstating that happens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that ex- the uh, the uh, overheard Austin account is. Got oh man! Yeah, we got made it. it. I saw we made, made it. Yeah, we yeah. made it. <laughs> <laughs> that was here. That was here. That yeah. was here. You're, yeah, you may you may meet Rainbow like, and she's actually really nice. She's a real I nice. want to take a moment. Yeah, yeah. She reached out on Instagram and let me know that I misheard her a tad. Mm. She doesn't change her name every week, so I misheard. Interesting. Do you know part of it? That part of it. Yeah. Well, she was very nice and said it was still very funny, and she okay. appreciated the shout out. It's going to happen for an eavesdropping account, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, <it's just> Occasionally, <laughs> you're going to fumble a word. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but it, yeah. the I moment w- it happened, I knew. I'm going to walk out of this sauna and send what I just heard, <laughs> yeah. what I think I just heard yep. to this account. Now that that account is live, I'm so much more attentive mm-hmm. to conversations. Because <laughs> you're just waiting. I don't know if yep. I should be, but I definitely yeah, am. Yeah, I'll purposefully sit close to people now. <laughs> like, I find myself going to places I would never go just sure. to see if, yeah. some, if somebody if will get, say something. Get a hot bit. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I find myself listening or creating stuff in my own head of what I think mm-hmm. people are, are going to say sure, sure. just to see if it's going to sure. happen. Or like Fair seeding enough. the conversation just yeah. to see where yeah. it goes. Exactly. I mean, I hey, I walked into a crystal shop the other day <laughs> just, just to listen. Just to listen. <laughs> I went to a palm reader just to yeah. see. Yeah. Oddly enough, they were talking about their tax returns. So yeah, I, you so know, it's oh, just well. super, you know. Paying hey, taxes. Down. That's hey. right. Yeah. <laughs> And There's I mean, a crystal for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am curious, you know, you, you, you moved to Austin in 2011 from a pretty conservative super. place, and I'm assuming upbringing yeah, as well. Yeah, super duper. So was it almost relieving to come to a place like Austin, but also yeah. what has it been like to watch it change into almost more the pretentious side right. of yeah. creativity and everything? Yeah, so like the story I tell is like when I... What got me stoked on Austin, like, when I first moved here, was this sort of free-loving, free-being. Like, mm-hmm. you could roll up to, like, a bus stop mm-hmm. on Burnett, and there'd be a girl just, like, in a hula hoop. Yeah. You know? Just <laughs> hanging out in a hula hoop at a bus stop. Leslie you know? riding his bike down. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen anymore, but mm-hmm. that was, like, the initial appeal. It was, like, this yeah. is so wild and so exotic and so mm-hmm. different from mm-hmm. what, like, I grew up around. So, grew up in, like, the oil patch, yeah. you know? Yeah. Went to a conservative Christian college. Yeah. You know, Bible well, school. Which oil patch are you yeah. from? Uh, the the Northeast Texas. Northeast yeah. Texas. Okay. Yeah, so gotcha. Kilgore. We're, we're Andrews Texas. guys, so. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. other yeah, side yeah. of the pond. Yeah, yeah. yeah Slightly man. different. Yeah. Yeah. More more oil per capita. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. <laughs> I mean, deal. number one in the country. It's not a This isn't a competition. Well, I will say the town I grew up in had this thing called the world's richest acre. Oh. And it was an acre of land that had like 20 derricks on it. Jeez. And at one point was like the most oil rich spot. But we just ravaged that just completely yeah. depleted yeah. it luckily um, there's fracking so we can go back and re through that yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. so I'm we excited. can keep drinking we'll shake the, the earth a little yeah, bit just yeah. a little bit more <laughs> okay grief more <laughs> so anyway uh, that that was the world you know and yeah. i moved to austin i knew i wanted to move back to texas because if there's one thing four years of living in arkansas will teach you mm-hmm. is that texas is better than, <laughs> than arkansas arkansas okay hopefully our cousin sure better than arkansas. Yeah. Nice. So I was not prideful at all as a Texan mm-hmm. until I lived in Arkansas. Yeah. Interesting, like, yeah. 
I'm in a third world country <laughs> compared to Texas, you know? Yeah. What, what were some of the differences that you noticed? Oh, like all the stereotypes around Arkansas are just <laughs> so, so true. Yeah. And the meth so just isn't on. as good anyway. Sure. You know, so. the, the county that I, yeah, the meth is terrible. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the county I went to school in had like two records, yeah. U.S. Yeah. records, the highest teen pregnancy rate. Sure. And Sick. the most meth per capita like Do usage. Do you think right? one forms the other? Possibly, Possibly. correlated. Maybe. What? This to meth be, isn't to be decided. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like crumbling infrastructure, like right. potholes everywhere, terrible food. Um, yeah. yeah, Arkansas isn't really known for its cuisine, is yeah. it? Yeah, no, no, not exactly. Really a... So, yeah, so I was like, I got to get back. I didn't want to live in Dallas, Houston. Sure. I don't, for some reason, I didn't think San Antonio existed. It wasn't even on the radar. Right, yeah. But, uh, and I definitely didn't want to move back home. My sister had gone to UT, so mm-hmm. I'd like visited a bunch. Welcome. Again, a girl involved. I was I dated a girl from Austin. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> so <meal>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "This is my city." I rolled in sight unseen, knew one person. Mm-hmm. Um, within a few weeks, had got that job at Whole Earth, and that's to answer your question where the worldview exploded, sure. yeah. right? Because I went in to work with a crew that, you know, some some of them were lifelong Austinites, mm-hmm. you know. None of them were uh, uh, wide, straight, cisgendered, whatever, male, sure. whatever yeah. I am. <laughs> whatever all three of yeah. us obviously <laughs> sure. are. And so it, I just walked into this environment where, like, everybody was different. Yeah. And they were so freaking cool. And they took me under their wing, and they were like, this kid is so naive. Yeah. He's so sheltered. <laughs> hey, buddy. So yeah. <laughs> you don't <laughs> know like, anything. They are like, let's be gentle on him. Yeah. But, like, we could save him, you know? Yeah. So they, like, <laughs> took me in and, like, instantly. And so I had this sort of fast track to figuring out like the cool Austin, mm-hmm. like the under the underground cool. So it was like, what, hey, like what year is this again? This is two thousand eleven. Okay, cool. Yeah. So there's this place called Flipnotics at the time mm-hmm. that did bluegrass every Monday. Mm-hmm. It's where what radio is now hosting. And so it was like, hey, every Monday we go to Flipnotics. Tuesdays is the whip in. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we'll smoke weed and play disc golf. I miss the whip in. You know, the whip in. I used great. to live right up yeah. by St. Ed's when I was going to college yeah, here. It was and that was, does it not exist anymore? It does. I, I don't know that they have as big of a music scene as like mm. they did at that right, point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just far enough that I haven't been there since yeah. I got back to Austin. I'm sure it's, yeah, it's like huge or something now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, that, that crew, I have like so much. It's like a very, like, it was such an emotional season to look back on Mm -hmm. nostalgically because it really did, like, just bring me into who I am. It just, like, ushered me into the city in such a great way. And and I still see some of those homies around town. And, yeah, yeah, it's just, like, so much nostalgia. And I was really only there for four months, you know, before I, I realized I had to get, like, a paid job. But it yeah. was like a rebirth of sorts. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, I say that I'm from Northeast Texas, but, like, the person that you see and know today is yeah. from Austin. That's from Austin. For sure. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, it was when I realized that, like, I could solve shin splints by running on trails. You know? I was like, yep. trail running became a thing. Heck, yeah. Uh, climbing became a thing. Uh, the fitness community in Austin mm. was so, like, right. just yeah. so dope at the time. It still <laughs> yeah. is, you know? So, yeah, all the things that I'm most passionate about now, I was introduced to by way of Austin. Well, thank so, God you ended up here. Yeah. Yeah, speaking, yeah I really do. Yeah, Speaking of God, I am curious on the face side of things, you know, going, going to Harding, sure. coming from Northeast Texas, mm-hmm. yeah, brought up in the Church of Christ, just like where, 
where is your belief system now, like, along that journey? It's a good question. I would say it's still evolving. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I there's a few things that I witnessed at that school, mm-hmm. like, insane levels of hypocrisy yeah. Yeah. that sent enough red flags off to be like, huh, maybe they're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I think I got lucky with is when I had the realization that maybe they're doing it wrong, it didn't lead to... I'm going to walk away from it entirely. Yeah. Right. And so I, I know a lot of my peers from that, you know, kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater mm-hmm. and like, this right. is all bullshit. And I, I have some friends that went to Harding that that totally. is exactly yeah. what happened. So I was, I was in, uh, I guess like it just worked out to where I was able to safely deconstruct yeah. Yeah. and then start to kind of rebuild versus being like, well, if, if, if A is wrong, then the entire alphabet is meaningless. Yeah. Right. Like that's what you hear a lot of times. Yeah. Like, yeah. I had this one bad experience, and so I don't believe the in the alphabet anymore. Yeah. It's I like spaghetti well, just... once, and it was terrible. Yeah. So all Italian food. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's not like, like, if you were to apply that logic to anything else, mm-hmm. you'd be like, that's dumb, you're an idiot. Right. But for some reason, we apply that to the religion we grew up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, that was a part of a couple of spiritual communities in Austin, and yeah. um, now, I guess my belief structure is like trying to stay as far away from like the organized corporate aspect mm-hmm. of it and trying to basically I see the Christian religion as a massive game of telephone yeah. sure and there was an original thing told mm-hmm. 2,000 years ago whatever 4,000 um, and over the course of time that has gotten wildly distorted sure you know both in written and oral traditions and so yeah, trying to rediscover like what the original things were said, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and focusing on that versus, you know, getting into the tr- the sort of tribal artifacts that we yeah sure the today. dogma of everything yeah, yeah. So, I I really greatly admire the ability to separate you know the flaws of man from mm-hmm. you know, what can be very transformative from a spiritual aspect sure. of religion and again it's like the desire thing yeah like if if divine closeness mm-hmm. is at the top of this mountain yeah there's like two ways you can get up mm-hmm. you can like haul yourself up with all these like discipline like spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. sure you know or you can just be stoked to be close to the divine yeah. and figure out your way up there yeah you know what i mean like and take your time too yeah right? yeah right. wander up the and but a lot of it's just like that desire does it give you fuel or are you trying to back engineer Mm-hmm. This, right, like this, a way, like a yeah. result. Yeah, like so a, it's like, I want to be close to the divine. I want to feel mm-hmm. the divine's presence. I want to have relevatory thought. Yeah. So I'm going to put these mechanisms in place to get me there mm-hmm. versus I just want it, so I'll get there. Yeah. You well, know? Even something that, that I personally kind of go back and forth with as far as the hypocrisy is concerned is watching people who, at least at face value, seem to only be doing something because they believe it will lead to a place in heaven. Right. Yeah. And it's it's almost as though they wouldn't behave a certain way unless they thought mm-hmm. somebody was watching or they would have to and, and they don't even consider... Which, by the way, is like the whole paradox around letter of the law, spirit of the law. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like it, again, it's a game of telephone. Like, we've yeah. taken this like pure, genuine message that will honestly lead you into living your best life possible. Absolutely. And we've covered it up with, like, pharisaical bullshit, yeah. you know? And we've gotten to that point where, like, people are still building letters to the law. Yeah. Yep. 
when like trying to whole, add on to it. Yeah, not like, to mention profiting off of adding on to it. Yeah, yeah. making a ton of money. Yeah, which again, mention any names? Joel Olstein. Yeah. <laughs> what? Sorry, <laughs> Dude, I was supposed to cough over that. It's, uh, there's so many things that uh, is happening right now in the Christian church that is literally opposite, upside down, of Christ. Yeah, red and blue of what was taught. Yeah. And it's just wild that those two things are called the same thing when they're yeah. literally opposites. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like fire and ice, oil and water. Opposites. Yeah, yeah completely. I can't stress things. this enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean there's there's words written in red saying like if you want to follow me and and mm-hmm. preach my gospel, be prepared for being homeless the rest of your life. Yeah. Never take a dollar for for you know, like leave yeah. the dust on your feet when you leave. Like and but now that's transitioned to uh, we need a private jet for our church, you know. Mm-hmm. So I get heated about it. Something lost in that translation. Yeah. I may or may not have asked <laughs> just, to, just to see the past. <laughs> well, let, let me try and like weave it back into something positive and feel good. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to take us down the sad road, guys. You're usually the one to like. <laughs> what? I don't know. I'm hey. so curious. <laughs> um, he gets so mad at me when I poke him with the spiritual stuff. With the uh, uh, yeah, the existential <laughs> crisis. Yeah, I'll go um, there, man. Oh, I will too. I'll do, go there. Do you find when you want to? Well, when you poke me, it's just like you're poking. You're poking me to poke me, not to have the conversation. I mean, I can do both. Well, I can it's tell the duality when of humanity. I, can, I get angry when I can tell it's just poking me. <laughs> do you guys fighting? Do we need to? No. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I found in my own pursuits, and whether it's a physical thing like a long hike or something like that, uh, my dad and I went to the top of the Tetons. Um, cool. Did you climb the grand or no no uh, uh, just I say top we went to a middle? summit that we could get to uh, so it must have been probably the middle or probably the, the middle yeah. it was probably middle two times because y'all were in Jackson we were Hall. in Jackson Hole and we drove to it yeah. right I would Did have you... to backtrack okay but cool. uh, regardless yeah yeah regardless <laughs> I'm like so eager to nerd I know out right um, <laughs> so we get to the top of this hike and we're looking out over you know the most beautiful country and I don't know that I've ever felt that close to what I might call God Mm -hmm. do you find that in your pursuits you are given those gifts uh, even even while you're working even while you know in those unexpected moments of like Mm -hmm. going through something difficult in God revealing you know the creation to you yeah for me it's it's as simple as time Mm -hmm. and space Mm -hmm. yeah that's it so I have this belief that we as whatever you want to call us evolved humans mm-hmm. on earth or sons of a heavenly father mm-hmm. either way this logic makes sense we as as humans living on earth have this innate knowledge of everything we could possibly know mm-hmm. in the same way that like a, a, a falcon that's born sure knows how to fly where to fly where to find food you know, it's not yeah. it's not taught in it's just knows. Mm-hmm. Like the bird knows how to migrate and when to migrate. Sure. That instinct. And so I think we have the capacity for all this divine insight, knowledge, these downloads that come mm-hmm. seemingly out of nowhere. I don't know if it's as much a download coming out of nowhere as it is knocking the dust and the cobwebs sure. off what's already inside you. I was gonna say right? do you think uh, yeah. it's more almost a purging yeah. of the of the cloud and the muck to get yeah, to like exactly. what's actually there. Or like so one one metaphor I'll use is like time and space, which is what you had on that mountain experience. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of time and space to think, mm-hmm. you know? Um, that time and space is almost like so say you, you're an ocean and mm-hmm. you have all these bits of wisdom, insight, knowledge, uh, presence 
kind of floating halfway down. Yeah. And then up at the surface, you have this big net mm-hmm. that's trapping them from coming to the surface, mm-hmm. you know? That time and space just brings that net in. Mm-hmm. And then that's meditation, right? And sure. then that's an eight-hour truck drive in Washington. It's yeah. summiting a mountain, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a 30-mile race, yeah. right? That time and space sinks it in, and then these thoughts slowly make their way to the surface mm-hmm. so that they can see the light of day. And you're like, whoa. Mm-hmm. You know what? I mm-hmm. always knew that to be true, but for some reason I just never thought that thought. Yeah. Yeah. You know, How many times in your life have, has something happened you were like, whoa. I've always known that to be true about myself or I've always known that to be true about that person mm-hmm. or life in general or the cosmos. It's always felt like that, but I just had never had the words to articulate it. Mm-hmm. That is, I think, divine presence, uh, the download, whatever you want right. to call it. It's, mm-hmm. it's being who we were originally meant to be, yeah. which is just complete union with mm-hmm. creation, the divine, and whatever is beyond that, Right. And I think it's it just time and space, doing whatever you have to do to implement time and space in your life, yeah, you know, yeah. whether that's like 30 minutes a day in the a.m. or, you know, a, a long drive after a grueling race where you're like, mind is just like at ease just and relaxed and you're depleted. like, oh, yeah. I've never thought about it this way, but I think my life is like this, you know, <laughs> or I think the key to this is that mm-hmm. weird. Where did that thought come from? Yeah, you know, dude, it's so true. What? In your pursuits over the past few years, what is the most harmonious you think you've felt? Like the maybe the peak of like that time and that mm. space and that net coming in. Like a, a single moment. A yeah, single or even moment. a singular experience too. Yeah, like from beginning to end. So these these summer trips, mm-hmm. these like big Western states loops. Yeah. Usually, like two or three months into those, I'll start to like have those experiences more regularly, yeah. or like. I'll sit down at a coffee shop to get some work done and then I'll just like have this thought and I'll start writing and then before you know it, it's like whoa I think I just came up with something profound to me yeah. might not even be profound to anybody else yeah yeah but yeah. for me it's like whoa this was really profound so yeah I mean it it typically happens like where you would think it would happen um you know watching the sunset in Washington you know um having drinks with friends after a climb or something yeah. you know like sitting down the next morning to process whatever mm-hmm. you did the day before, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, you know, I can't point to like a real singular moment because so much of it is a gradual easing of the mind yeah. mm-hmm. to allow these thoughts to just show themselves, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. What saunas, a, saunas help. Saunas help, help. Yeah, which we'll um, get to here in a moment. What a, what's been the most just... Bachfest, Sufferfest. Because, <laughs> I mean, you, you've done some Fred Beckett oh, classics. Yeah, yeah. Like, you've done some big yeah. pursuits. And I'm going to assume that there's at least been one time where everything yeah. just went horrible. There's a lot of times, actually. <laughs> uh, I would say probably half the times. So there's an area in northern Washington called the North Cascades. Yeah. And it is a national park, beautiful, mm-hmm. really jagged, like, alpine-esque peaks. Mm-hmm but with what you would call a really high cost of entry, meaning to get to some of these climbs involves 4K feet of vert, mm-hmm. no switchbacks, straight yeah. up Fred Becky approach. Yeah. Um, and by the way, you can't get a permit to camp, so you have to go car to car. Right? Sure. So there's several days, like, so I did this one season in the North Cascades two summers ago, and we did, my partners and I did 10 technical peaks in seven weeks. Mm-hmm. And so it was just go, go, go. Yeah. We based our work around this. 
Um, we had great weather, no injuries, and it was the season of a lifetime. But each of those was like an 18-hour day, 19-hour day, 21-hour yeah. day, you know? And at the end of that season, I crewed some friends that were running the Wonderland Trail. Yeah. Stayed up, you know, 36 hours. Jeez. And then this is where the story climaxes. I'm driving to Bozeman after that season, right? Still pretty underslept. And I, I eat a bunch of chocolate, and I just crash. And I'm like, oh, man. Not really. I admit. So I was like, You're I need to crash. Yeah, my yeah, energy yeah, crashes. Yeah, to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I've got to take a nap, or mm-hmm. I'm just going to, like, actually crash. So I pull over to this truck stop somewhere in between those two places and I pull in the back and my, or I get in the back of my truck and I'm like, I'm going to take like a two hour nap, hit, hit the road later. And I slept for 19 hours straight. Oh my gosh. Wow. Didn't, did not even wake up to pee, you know, oh 19 hours gosh. straight at a truck stop in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I woke up like feeling awesome. Right. You yeah. know? But, yeah, I think that, like, culmination of that season just, like, had tapped my adrenals so mm-hmm. much. Yeah, so it that was hits you. That was one. And then the other big one was this bike trip that I got sandbagged on. <laughs> Shout out to Andy Cochran. Nice. He invited me on this bike trip that was supposed to be on specialized e-bikes. Mm-hmm. And, Meaning and I was, they're powering themselves. Exactly. So, like, I was not a cyclist. Yeah. Had never clipped into a bike. This is yeah. a couple summers ago. Yeah. And he was like, hey, I'm doing this bike trip down Big Sur. Do you want to hop on? I'm like, dude, I'm, I don't ride bikes, you know? He was like, well, it'll be with Specialized. We'll get the e-bikes. You'll carry the beer. It'll be great. Was he like, dude, it's like riding a bike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> riding a bike. So I was like, well, fine, I'm in. Yeah. You know, if I don't have to buy a bike and it's just turnkey, yeah. I'm so in. Um, and I was swinging kettlebells. I felt sure, strong, you know? Um, long story short, smoke pulled us away from Big Sur, put us in Moab. So mm-hmm. we go from Big Sur to the desert. Yeah. And then because of that pivot, Dry. we lost the specialized deal, mm-hmm. yeah. which means we're riding our own bikes, which means I'm borrowing a bike, um, and which keeps... is not an e-bike. Also, right? you're going from like 200, right. 500 feet yeah. elevation to... And we go from like 30 mile days to basically like four, no, we did three 70 plus mile days <laughs> uh, in the desert. <laughs> With like with seven hundred by thirty fives, oh, which we should have had like fat bikes. You know? Oh my gosh! Um, and the first day, so I was promised thirty mile days mm-hmm. on a specialized e bike with yeah. lots of beer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what you got? It, what I got was a trip in the desert with no water and an eighty mile day. <laughs> I'm literally my first time to ever clip on on a bike. You know, so I'm just oh, eating cool. shit the yeah, entire the day. Yeah, the whole time. Uh, we get we bike from Escalante to Lake Powell. And the lake has literally receded like mm-hmm. a mile and a half. Oh we walk gosh. a mile and a half to get water. And we come back and the rest of our crew of like, I think we had six or eight, something, something like that, had decided we're done with this trip. We're going to take the road back. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which was a blessing and a curse because it added another 5K of vert. Yeah. And it added 100 miles. And so I ended that trip. And I was bonking on every hill. Yeah. By day two, I was bonking on every hill. The crew was, like, getting worried about me. I was, yeah. like, a huge liability. Mm-hmm. They were, like, he's going to die. We're gonna <laughs> At any point, if they say, well, you try pedaling with those big arms of yours. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe to yeah, I'm like... not built like a cycle. And these were all, by the way, crushers. Right. They were all, like, crushers from Bend and Mammoth. And yeah. I was, like, by far the weakest link. Like, trail, gravel, road, yep. just yeah. whatever yeah. the surface. Everything. They'll, yeah. Yeah. Insane athletes. And so we get done with that trip. And I'm like spent, 
Yeah. Like emotional capacity is out the window. <laughs> I've cried, I've yelled, I've done everything. <laughs> and I booked this hotel in the middle of nowhere in Utah, like a Motel 6 yeah. in this mm-hmm. tiny town. And I just sat there for 36 hours, just rebuilding my sense of self. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it was an intense experience. I yeah. sat in that hotel, that motel room for 36 hours. I bought a bunch of ramen and I just sat there, like mm-hmm. staring at the wall. Like I had just gotten out of Guantanamo or something yeah. <laughs> traumatic. You know? I, I mean, yeah. it, that's a trauma. Like, yeah. <laughs> not to downplay anything, but yeah, like that is a physical trauma, yeah. then, which turns emotional, and who knows what but kind man, of stuff you uncovered. I I bought a bike immediately. Yeah, I got so stoked right after that on a gravel ride. We often you know? go back to our abusers. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah. We didn't really address the uh, trauma. Yeah. Just sort <laughs> just of like, like confronting. So <laughs> it's it's a, another lesson learned. It's like you yeah. put yourself through the ringer like that. Like yeah. you'll be so grateful yeah. afterwards. Yeah. And I became a huge believer in kettlebell training because like it got was, you through it. Yeah. I was kind of off the couch ready for something intense yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, are you they, like, are you like RKC high volume stuff or is it like, uh, um, it's two kettlebells and a yoga mat. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that was also like a, the beauty of, of COVID was it got me so minimal in my mm-hmm. fitness and I just started putting in body weight circuits, kettlebell sure. training, I mean, now, like, when I'm in Austin, it's... Sure, you have gyms yeah. or whatever you want, but, but yeah. Yeah, it got me a real big believer in, like, functional training. And sure. Yeah, high-volume stuff. You know, I, I would just carry, like, a 26 and a 44. Yeah. Pounds, not kilograms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just swing those around for as long as I could, yeah. you know? That mixed with riding the bike and climbing and yoga... Yeah, sure. ...was enough. It's going to get you pretty yeah. fit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um... But yeah, this, being in Austin is—it's so easy to just like overtrain and bulk up and yeah, and right. <laughs> cut back down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's lots of good food in Austin, you know. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's easy to get both bloated and bulky and absolutely tired. It's just yeah. an easy city to do all three. But you know yeah. what? There, like you said earlier, there's a season. You know, yeah, for climbing, a, there's a I'm season. In a bulking for, season. Yeah, yeah, you're in a bulking, bulking season, yeah. baby. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, well, dude, we got yeah. two, we got two more questions for you. Uh-huh, Thank okay. you for your time. Like, absolutely. Thank you. There, dude, there yeah. are other this people you can see. There are other gyms mm-hmm. you can go to. Like, we really do appreciate that totally. you took the time to come hang out mm-hmm. with us. And I mean, we are the best. But like, well, I've been like, listening to yeah. the pod, dude. We appreciate that. We call them all pods now. Yeah, that was just I still okay. So you know how you feel weird being like I'm an artist or a creative. Yeah. I'd feel I feel weird calling it a pod. I almost <laughs> I almost texted it the other day. And it seems like, like a TikTok I thing. Can't, you know? I don't know if I can do it. I don't yeah. know. Come on our podcast. <laughs> Hey man, how's the pod? Sometimes I just want to explain it in a different way yeah. and see if people catch it. Like, right. hey, we, my brother and I, we do this. That's interesting. This talk show. We do an internet radio. It's show. It's like a radio yeah. show, but it sort of lives on the internet. Mm-hmm. It lives in this like Full pod, time. right? Kind of exactly. Thing. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's I don't like know. we're casting it out. In a podular fashion. And you talk and we'll talk. Right. Yeah. New concepts New still concept. coming up for this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Searching. If you think of one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, notice like within the past six months, they're now called pods. Yeah. Which is fine. So. Yeah, Thanks for coming fun. on the pod. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the pod. My, my thing. Texas I, pod. I, I always hesitate to say like, we have a podcast. I never say I have a podcast. I'm like I have a podcast just like every other twenty year old. Like that's my self deprecating. Like I've done that too, which sucks because I believe. Where does that come from? Because like clearly you have enough desire to do it to get all this equipment and do it, but you're almost. It's like a guilty pleasure. It's like it's it's weird because I think it verges on. 
there's a fine line between being humble and being like falsely humble, right? Sure. Um, and I think it's combined with like a new kind of tall poppy syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nobody, nobody has that confidence to be like, this is who I am. This is what I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No matter how big or small it is. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and here's the other thing. I think when you're doing something true to who you are, mm-hmm. when you're when you're fulfilling that sort of childlike vision for your life. Yeah it becomes more sacred what you do. Yeah. And and it becomes such a delicate subject matter. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Right? Because you're like, ah, oh, it's like I'm... You feel like you have to protect it almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way. I do so, feel very protective. I feel very protective over, yeah. you know, the way Yeah, I think it's a good... It's a, maybe a sign it. that you're like living out, you know, what you want to do in this. Oh, uh, we definitely know we're doing that. Yeah. We know we're doing that. Um, <laughs> right, but two questions. S- speaking of living yeah. out what you want to do, um, so I get, this is two questions and you can take the last okay, one. Okay, I get the last um, one. So yes. I'll ask both at once, answer both. Um, How many curls do you do? <laughs> to show us that. Um, for those just listening, not watching... Yeah. Travis has arms of a god, and it looks like they were just attached. Arms, face, from hair, marble. body, it's the whole thing. He could play her. You guys. Yeah, it, it actually pisses me off that you get to be like, I'm a photographer. Right. It's <laughs> just like, I'm just an audible, yeah. like, swoon. Um, first question, question please. <laughs> um, what is the dream shot? Just when you die, what is the shot that you hope is on the gravestone? That was a huh. really bad way to put that question. Um, <laughs> like very morbid, but in memoriam. And yeah, if, if Jimmy Chin was to say, "I saw this picture, and that's how I found out." A photo I have taken or want to take that you want to take? Huh. That's a good question. The white whale of photos. Yeah, it's it's really hard to articulate what makes a good photo, yeah. even mm-hmm. from like my standpoint. Mm-hmm. If it can evoke some sort of like ethereal emotion mm-hmm. that like puts you in a state of mind, yeah, you know, yeah. which again, it's like you feel like a poser saying it's like such a thing you would overhear at mm-hmm. a coffee shop, sure, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, oh, my content like puts you in a state of mind. But <laughs> there's been a few times where I've like captured, you know, a storm, you know, it's yeah. like I didn't create this scene. Um, I, I've captured this moment that is both composed well and it's got beautiful color it's got some sort of like story behind Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and it makes you feel a certain way yeah Yeah. you know um i took a photo uh a a few years ago on a ferry going out to the san juan islands yeah and it was this guy was sitting at the front of the ferry in like a sweater shorts and loafers and he had this big newspaper that was just like perfectly framed and so he's at the front of this ferry and there's all windows and it's this most beautiful sunset and he's just sitting here reading the paper in front of him blocking mm-hmm. his view of this yeah. <laughs> and so like I was like wow what a strong metaphor so those moments that you see where you see a strong metaphor playing out in real yeah. life mm-hmm. those are the images that I get most stoked on nice. okay so it's that didn't answer your question. But no, but but now way, we know yeah, what yeah. it'll look like. Yeah, sure. yeah, it'll look and like. And yes, you can shoot me at Leadville in August. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait. To, I'll be there. I'll I can't be there. wait to pace one of your your last sections and just everybody around you being like, oh, God, I'm hallucinating. That's Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, um. that would be funny if I drew, if I wore like a dragon costume and that, paced at the very end. Do people do go. that? 
you can. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you can now. Just to uh, jack with people's Yeah, right? just like, is that actually yeah. what's happening? <laughs> um, Consider it done. Right. <laughs> what a, uh, you just know, you're, you're, yeah, yeah. you're in Austin now, which means you'll be going back on the road in a couple months. Just what can people be on the lookout for as mm-hmm. far as, like, sure. what is, what are you planning right now? Like, what's, yeah, what's so next? I'm actually going, in January, I'll go back to Ure, Colorado to okay. do a full five weeks of ice climbing. Nice. So I'm pretty stoked about that. That was like a new thing that I added to like the toolkit or the sure. arsenal yeah. this past season. Nice. So I'm going back for more there. Yeah. Were you and at like then, the Mountain Institute with like Jason Anton and some of those guys? No. Or? So there's, you know, there's the Ure Ice Park. Yeah. Which is kind of like a man-made canyon of ice. Mm-hmm. Best way to describe it. Farmed ice is what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a bunch of backcountry stuff, but... I've linked up with a crew there called Base Camp Uray. Okay. Uh, it's a good buddy of mine that owns a little climbing gym and a guiding service, and he is looking to create some really cool experiences in that area um, for, like, uh, corporate retreats and, sure. you know, men's coaching and things like that. And so um, Uray has become one of those, like, home away from homes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. hanging out with that Base Camp crew and trying to climb as much as possible to eventually get me to a place where... I can do something big this summer. Yeah. Um, I would like to get back on Mount Waddington, which is mm-hmm. a big Fred Becky climb mm-hmm. that is sort of like the MMA mixed discipline mountain. Yeah. Right? It takes yeah. it takes all the skills. Um, and then I have a few conversations happening right now around some Himalayan Himalayan climbs in the end of 2022, okay. possibly 2023. Nice. So trying to like foster those and mm-hmm. and hope that they outlive the stoke that's around that 14 peaks film right now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like no coincidence like everybody's sure. chatting about himalayan mountain climbing right now mm-hmm. but uh yeah the big goal is to do a 6,000 meter peak this year okay. and hopefully an 8,000 meter peak the next okay so okay just finally get those done oh yeah. young check the box check, check the off. box i feel yeah. that yeah yeah it's so. awesome, man. Well, hey, man, uh, we're going to ask you one last question. We okay. ask every single one of our our uh, guests. It's Ooh. our hardest hitting one. It's our hardest hitting question. Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean to you to be a Texan? Ooh, damn, that's a good question. I think, um, for me personally, I think it is this idea around lot your life being in intentional mm-hmm. right and there's this aspect of hard work as a virtue yeah. but not the only virtue you know yeah and this sort of creativity that i grew up around in the piney woods of east texas mm-hmm. you know where again this was like pre-netflix era and so people had hobbies more so than they do now <laughs> yeah but this sort of like hard work family and creativity um, and community, those yeah. things all combined, is what I feel like keeps me closest to my Texas roots. It's like yeah. tons of joy, tons of hard work, tons of rest, but all wrapped up in community yeah. and family. So I yeah. love that. That's beautiful. And yeah. of course it was artistic as heck and just so <laughs> sweet. 
Awesome, well, dude. Thank you so much for hanging out with man. us. We're gonna yeah. go downstairs and uh, we can sauna. We go can sweat. Do all sorts of fun stuff. Want. Um, can I work out here? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah good yeah. for the day. Um, Travis Perk photo on Instagram. Sad. Right. Trav. Trav Perk. Trav underscore photo. Trav Perk underscore photo on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Is there a website people brands can go to if they want to? Yeah. Hit you there's up no or... TikTok, but we are on um, the business is called Ventana Media. Co. Ventana Media. Co. So if you go to okay. Ventana Media Co. Dot com. Okay. You'll find us there. And then Ventana underscore media on the gram. You awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah. Y'all heard it here. Go check them out. If you got a brand that you're working on that is up to snuff, look at the photos first, <laughs> yeah. then reach out. Um, and as always, thank each of you for listening. Travis, thank you one more time for thank you guys. hanging out with us for a little bit. I should get close lovely. to the mic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, you don't have to be too close. We appreciate you. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. Texas. Bye, Bye y'all. y'all. Bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>kind of get involved in the acting community Mm -hmm. in Austin and it was way down south so I drive like 20 minutes south you know I'm taking that road out and have a great time meet a Mm -hmm. lot of good people I'm feeling good you know I'm happy and Lance just can't have that (sighs) so I'm driving back home right and I'm noticing these billboards that weren't there when I drove out there the first one says got balls (laughs) and I'm confused because I'm like okay could be a milk thing Mm -hmm. could be something else Driving past, I see another one. I'm talking to you. Okay, cool. I'm, yeah. I'm freaking out now. I'm like, okay, this has to be Lance. What's going to happen? Is he going to come out of nowhere? Is he going to like carjack me? What's, yeah. what's going on? I finally see the next billboard, and it's just him. And he's got his finger up to his mouth. And he's going, nobody will ever believe you. <laughs> and it's just Lance messing with me the dude, whole time, dude. He's trolling. Last billboard right before I get to my house just says, suck it. <laughs> Period or exclamation point? Exclamation point. Nice. It was yellow. Man, dude, yeah. Troll Armstrong. Troll Armstrong. Like. You know, I, I went out today in the morning to see if that billboard was still there. It's gone. He's fast. He is so he fast. He is so fast. Epo or not, he is dude, fast. I got to say, I think it's a lot. He wants it so badly, but I think the lack of, mm-hmm. I think the lack of wind resistance there. <laughs> it's just. I think it just, just makes him takes faster. him to the next level. Yeah. Man, I'm a little jealous, honestly. Well, yeah. tour to Lance forever and always. Forever and always. Forever and always. We love Lance. We, we love Lance. Russia, is, we cheat all time. <laughs> Lance is just a Russian troll. That's all. He's just a Russian <laughs> He's a bot. Russian troll yeah. doll for sure. <laughs> you take off that helmet. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. He's got to come back down. Well, quick. y'all, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Yeah. Thank you one more time to Travis for giving us Travis, thank you his so time. Much. At Trav Perk mm-hmm. underscore photos. Amazing photography. Amazing photography. Really great marketer. A lot of really strong men just. Mm-hmm. On rocks yeah. in his feed. Mm-hmm. Love to see it. <laughs> and as we said, go leave the review, hit the star buttons, all the follows, all the reviews. Don't forget, never rest coffee company. Never stop, never resting. Never stop, never resting. Never stop, never drinking caffeine. Caffeine is amazing. Never rest coffee. Discount code for 10% off. Text ish, all caps. And as always, those Vidonia, y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>